truth is now treason. We want to apologize. We understand that the sound quality is not quite where we normally have it. We're doing what we can to fix it. But in the meantime, welcome to episode one of See We Told You So. If you were in a situation where you were in a room running out of oxygen, what would you do? Now, what if you were in the room and in that situation because of stupid decisions that you have made? A thinking person might say, okay, I need to get out of this room or I just need to open the door. A person who is unable to think might say, I am just going to stay in this room. Everything will be just fine. (laughs) Is this the path that we are being led down? Listen and find out. I'm Lennox, and he is Dietrich, and as he already said, welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. So have you noticed the recent jump in gas prices again? At least here in the U.S. We're going to tell you why that's happening in today's treason bite called See We Told You So. We want to make you aware of news that we just learned regarding our diesel fuel supply. Now a reporter asked this question to the White House spokesman, John Kirby. She asked, What are we doing to increase the diesel supply since we only have a 25-day supply? I know, traders. That shocked me, too, to hear it. And I want you to listen to this guy's answer. What are we doing to increase the supply of diesel, given that the Energy Information Administration said as of October 14th, the U.S. only had about a 25-day supply. You have yeah. the Northeast and, and New York already rationing home heating oil. What are we doing to prepare for the winter and to ramp up supply of diesel? I'll, I'll take the question on the diesel because I just don't have the, the data on that in front of me. So let me take that and and, uh, and we'll get back to you on that. But, but writ large, the, the president has been working very, very hard uh, to make sure that we're uh, – that not only are, are, are we ready for fluctuations that could come, and of course the prices are going down, and, and we think that's important, um, uh, but that we are also doing what we can to help our European friends and partners who are also going to be facing a long, cold winter. We have – doubled our commitment. The commitment he made in March for natural gas exports to Europe, we've doubled that commitment um, in terms of actual uh, getting things over there, getting natural gas over there. I'll table the question on diesel because I don't have any information on that. (laughs) This is the biggest crisis our nation is facing and you don't have any information on that? The state that you don't have any information on this is beyond absurd. That's like you spent $25,000 at the casino. Your spouse finds out, they ask you about it, you say, I don't have any information on that at this time. The answer is nothing but an evasive maneuver. The problem is, this evasive maneuver is putting American lives at risk. Now, you might be asking, how, Dietrich? We run out of diesel. Our semis will not be on the road. If they are not on the road, then guess what? Food does not get delivered. Anything you'd need to survive will not be delivered. Medicine, clothing, food, water, fuel for your homes or for your cars, you name it, we will get none of it. Isn't this transition incredible? Yet this is all part of Joe's plan, and if you don't believe, listen to this. Um, but, but kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. Joe's own words. 
He is going to get rid of fossil fuels. Now, I just want to remind you that this was actually when he was campaigning. And so diesel is part of it. This was Joe's plan all along. And we are now at a 25-day supply of what this nation needs to get the goods we need to survive to the people who need it. And the White House statement on this is, I'll table the question because I don't have any information on that. Did you notice what he did have information on? Yeah, he had information on what we were going to give European nations whose leaders were stupid enough to rely on Russia for their petroleum. You know, by the way, and we're going to put this link at the very top of the description of the episode so that you can see this because it contains too much video for us to put it on the podcast. But I want you to look at the first link at the top of this episode. Trump tried to warn European nations, especially the Germans, and the media mocked him. Germans at the UN back in 2018 laughed at him. They blew his words off. And now wouldn't you know it, currently Europe is in an energy disaster that they anticipate thousands of Europeans will freeze to death this winter if something doesn't change. Kirby admits we have no plan to take care of the problems in our nation. That isn't a concern or a priority for this regime. But boy, they're ready to take care of anybody else. Sounds a little bit like the WEF, doesn't it? Just a bit. (laughs) Biden isn't here to take care of the United States. He's here to take care of the rest of the world. We are the world. (laughs) In fact, when he was asked in Portland, Oregon, as he was eating Baskin-Robbins ice cream, he was asked about the strength of the dollar. Here's his response. Are you concerned about the strength of the dollar right now? I'm not concerned about the strength of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Our economy is strong as hell. Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. His own words, he does not care about the strength of the dollar. He doesn't care that your 401k is getting obliterated. And he doesn't care that the few dollars you have left in your 401k is worth less than the dollars that were in there. He doesn't care that food is more expensive, that fuel is more expensive. He's worried about the rest of the world. The president of our nation does not care what you are going through. He does not care that you cannot afford to get by anymore. It doesn't affect him. Why? Because he has a WEF agenda, baby. He's going to push it through no matter the cost. And if you don't know what we are referring to, please listen to our series, Is This the Beginning of the End? We have 11 episodes, and in those episodes, we discussed the WEF's goals in length and our current leadership and how they're both connected. He doesn't care that there's almost no diesel fuel left. His belly is going to be taken care of while your children starve. means nothing to him. Both he and his speaker have said the same thing. Diesel. Ah, I don't care. While people in Vermont freeze to death, we're going to be shipping fuel to Germany. And we say Vermont because in some of the northeastern states, even before peak season, you know, winter hasn't even hit, they have already begun rationing heating oil to customers. Can you believe that? I never thought I would ever see the day in America where we would have to ration anything to its people. Isn't it funny? The last time we saw this was, oh, that's right, Carter. 
<laughs> ah, the dollar. Who cares? Let it fall. The rest of the world has inflation too. We can't be better than the rest of the world. In fact, Joe Biden said that he is not concerned about the production of crude oil because this is an incredible transition. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that God willing, when it's over, will be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels. So this is all actually part of Joe's plan and he's doing it. Here are some statistics on crude oil production in the United States. Now, in the United States back in February of 2020, so this is right before COVID hit, we were producing 13,600,000 barrels a day. February of 2022, fast forward two years forward, we produced only 11,316,000 barrels a day. We have more people two years later, and there's a more of a demand. But that equates to a 17% decrease in production. So you can see why we're seeing the high prices. And all of this is tied to the Biden administration and its policies. Remember, this is an incredible transition. Indeed it is. <laughs> From day one. He has been doing everything he can to murder the petroleum industry. And if you question this, then please go to our series, Triple D, because this has nothing to do with climate change. It has everything to do with the WEF's goal to stop using fossil fuels. So notice again, Biden said this is a global issue. Again, if you put yourself into the room that has no oxygen, Get out of the room. This entire mess that we are in comes down to one thing. If Joe Biden were not intentionally murdering the petroleum industry in the U.S., there'd be some changes in this world. Change number one, inflation would not be as bad as it is. Now, printing billions of dollars is causing inflation. But the second thing behind it is this regime killing the petroleum industry. This is killing American families. They cannot afford what they need to get by. Isn't it funny? The party who likes to act as if they care is the same party threatening to get it to where we can't get food on our tables. When Biden took office, inflation was around 1.4%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So if you look at July 1, 2021, because that's when the fiscal year, the fiscal year starts through June 30th of this year, June 2022, energy prices rose. 41.6%. Lennox, that's not possible. Inflation has only gone up 8%. <laughs> Motor fuel prices, which includes all types of gas, gasoline, increased 60% over the past year. That is not possible. 8%. The I federal government told me so. To see what it's going to be like June of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> if we make it. I say, let's go back to the 2019-2020 consumer prices for all items rose 1.4%. Can I have the 1.4% again, please? Yes, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> you know, here's another thing. Change number two, if we weren't murdering the American petroleum industry, the war in Ukraine would not be happening. If the U.S. were still producing crude at the levels it were in 2020, we could ship petroleum all over the world, but no, we shut it down. And what did Putin see? 
He saw that he was the one who was left to fill Europe's oil needs. He knew that if he went to war that Europe would refuse to use his oil. And what's the result? Europe is left dying on the vine. Americans are suffering too, while Putin couldn't care less. It's not hurting him a bit. And by the way, why isn't anyone talking about a compromise with this Ukraine-Russia war? I mean, if they really wanted to solve the inflation issue, they would be pushing for a compromise. And I thought Congress had to declare war, not the President of the United States. I mean, why do we now have military personnel over in Ukraine? And we've got an article link there that's telling you that. And I know they're given a reason for it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> they have lied too many times for me to believe anything that comes out of their mouth. What? <laughs> we know why. Yeah. It is really a ruse to unseat a nationalist leader like Putin and replace him with a globalist. And boy, are these leaders okay with spending billions of American tax dollars to do it, including Republicans in on this one. Many Republicans have been duped and have bought into this Democrat globalist scheme. And anyway, the third thing that we would not be facing would be the diesel shortages we have right now. This is a problem that needs to be solved right now, and we cannot table it. Diesel is the lifeblood of this nation, and if we run out, then our nation is either going to crash or something's going to wither and die. So, if we ramp up production, then the fuel oil that so many use to heat their homes, they're just going to have the shortage. Because when you refine crude oil, you can make heating oil for homes with it or diesel, not both. Either way, we have people in the White House who think this is an exciting transition, that we have a shortage of food and medicine in stores or a shortage of energy to heat homes. This won't affect them. At least that's what they think. Yeah, and it didn't have to be this way. I mean, this is what happens when you have leaders who do things and don't worry about what the results are. Yeah, remember Biden when he said that he was going to work it out? Well, he'd better get to work right now. He's put us all in a room with no oxygen. And he thinks we're all going down the right path. If it weren't real, it'd be an amazing movie. Still think voting for a socialist is wise? Yes. <laughs> I know you traitors. You don't. All right. But we need to get the word out. Stick with me, traitors. I'm leading you in the right direction. And <laughs> <laughs> eh, wrong. You need to follow Lennox. <laughs> because what we are seeing is socialism and action. So you still think no one's going to get hurt if we vote for a globalist? We're paying the price for a hijacked election that few had the guts to fight. The price good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Do you think you're paying enough yet? Have you had enough? Election is right around the corner, and I think you know what to do. But remember, we have to keep voting good people in. One time won't fix this. It has to be on a continued basis. Get rid of these globalists. And I don't care which side of the aisle they may fall. One other thing we want to say before we close this out. We are both super excited that Benjamin Netanyahu is back in as the Prime Minister of Israel. There's few things in this world more beautiful than that. And he's a nationalist, traders. That's even better. I'm sure these globalists are weeping behind closed doors. Indeed they are. Until next time, my fellow traders.